Well, this morning, uh, we're going to continue uh, the first three Sundays of this year. We're wanting to uh, share with you some of the things that God has been doing uh, in our staff and with our board and asking God what we've been asking God for and just kind of laying out some of the work that we've been doing and doing some vision casting. Um, for those of you that are wondering, uh, I, I got hit in the throat earlier this week playing basketball. And uh, for those of you that have played basketball with me uh, before, you're probably thinking you probably deserved it. But I really didn't. It was total accident, and I got uh, an elbow right here, and uh, I had a little bit of a, a tickle in my throat before that, and uh, it just like, I don't know, the combination just uh, took my voice, and, but it is better today than it was yesterday. Wouldn't you agree, Jess? And uh, so thankful for that. And uh, so sorry for my raspy voice this morning. Well, we've been working as a, uh, as a team on a strategic plan. You say, well, what is a strategic plan? It's, a, it's something where, we, where it encompasses a, a mission and a vision. There's core values that kind of guide us. There's objectives and goals. And it's kind of a living and dynamic document um, that you can kind of live by. And it talks, it's basically <coughs> a plan, <coughs> uh, <coughs> excuse me, a plan that we can follow as a body of believers, as a church, uh, to kind of keep us heading in the right direction. And uh, God's Word talks about uh, planning on many, many occasions. In fact, I believe it's a mandate from God for us to be planners. But listen to what it says in Proverbs 21.5. It says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to profit. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your ways to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. Psalm 24 says, May God give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. In Proverbs 14, 8, we read these last week, The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. And boy, there's a story. Jesus uh, is talking with the disciples and encouraging, saying, Look, you would never plan to build a tower without counting the cost first. You wouldn't want to get ahead of yourself. And it's talking about planning. And, and, and so we've been working on this strategic plan. Last week, we talked about uh, what we, it's kind of a draft of what we are believing God for here. What is our mission? And a mission is kind of what, who we are today. And I want to put this up here so we can kind of look together. Our mission is that we are a spirit-filled church committed to glorifying God and connecting the lakeshore to God and to each other and to the world. And we talked about the components of that. If you weren't here last week, you can listen online and um, <clears throat> get caught up with what, what each one of those components mean. Well, today we're going to move from mission statement and we're going to talk a little bit about vision, our future together as a body of believers. What does the next three to five years look like here for us at the Gateway Church? Now, I understand that no one can predict the future. In fact, if you tried, I'd probably uh, pray for you. Uh, but we don't believe in psychics or Ouija boards or tarot cards. But we do believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. No one can predict the future. But we also know that if we don't plan, if we don't change things, then we should expect the same results. If we do the same thing, expecting different results, what did we say last week? What do we call that? Insanity, right. And none of us are insane yet. 
And, uh, and so we want to be planning and strategizing and moving forward. Now, for me, there's been two challenges in this process that I want to share, just so you know uh, kind of where I'm coming from. The first challenge is that if we're, in order for us to have done this as a team, I had to kind of get beyond what was uh, the, the tasks for today, what was urgent today. And I kind of had to uh, kind of back up and say, okay, God, wh- what, is, what is it, Lord, that you have for us? And kind of take a different approach. Um, I heard a story about, you know, these turkeys that are on the ground. And what are turkeys? They're, they're interested in, like, right now, the food. And they go around and peck and different things. Chickens kind of do that. I've been to Dale and Lucinda's house. Those, t- those chickens, are, they're, they're not concerned about anything other than their next meal and, uh, and maybe the opposite sex. <laughs> I don't know. All right? We saw a little of that at their house, too. All right? <clears throat> Nature, Right? But boy, you take a difference, there's a difference between a turkey or a chicken and an eagle, isn't there? An eagle can get up, ride on the winds, and really get a broad view, a broad picture of what's happening in an area. And really, that's what a vision is. And boy, the challenges for it was for me is that I had to stop just pecking, looking for the next meal, looking for the next thing, and saying, okay, God. Show me a picture of what you would have. What what are the things? And then the second thing that was a challenge is that we were encouraging ourselves to write down the vision. And that can be scary for two reasons. Because we're talking about God's will for our body of believers. And I believe that a vision is an intimate document, something that God has done personally in my heart and in my mind as your leader in trying to take what's in my mind and what's in my heart and then to write that down and then to let others review that and to see that and critique that, it's scary. But I'll tell you, over the last two months as we've been doing this and shooting off different drafts. And, and, and a, a little later this morning, we'll see, see a, a, a work in progress. Um, it, God has been doing something special among our board and our staff and uh, with our wives. And, and, and God has been doing a great thing. We know that people respond to vision. Big companies uh, that are successful have a strong vision, and they communicate that well. We are motivated by vision. We are empowered by vision. And you know what's interesting is uh, if you track it, people give to vision. When there's a strong vision, people will, will, will sacrifice. You know, the Bible says without vision, what happens? The people perish. And that uh, is so true. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to Habakkuk, uh, an interesting book. Habakkuk uh, if you find it, it's a hard one to find if you haven't been there or it's not bookmarked. Habakkuk, we're, we're going to look at chapter 1, and then we're also going to look at chapter 2 um, this morning. It's um, right before Zephaniah. Habakkuk, if you've got the same Bible that I do, it's on page 1042. Good luck finding it. But in Habakkuk, uh, it's kind of an oracle uh, that Habakkuk the prophet was, was sharing. 
Um, we're not sure if Habakkuk wrote, these, wrote this down or if it was recorded. The author is unknown. But basically, Habakkuk starts off with Habakkuk, the prophet, complaining about his environment, about his, the status of the country or the, uh, of the city. And, uh, and he's saying, How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save us. Because what, what the uh, uh, situation in Israel was a disaster at this point. He's saying, why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate the wrong? Destruction and violence are before us. There is strife and conflict. It abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. He's complaining about his circumstances. Now, we, as we, if we were going to look at our circumstances um, for our city or for our community, and you look at the paper and uh, read the Chronicle or read the Grand, Grand Haven Tribune or, or whatever you might read or look online, you'll see a lot of things like that, a lot of complaints, a lot of things. And I want you to see the Lord's answers to this. Verse 5, he's, the Lord is encouraging the prophet. He says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. God comes back and says, look, I understand what's happening in your situation. I understand what's happening in your life or in your community. But he says, look, I've got a promise. I'm going to do something in your situation in your life that you could not even imagine. It kind of continues on. We won't take all the time to read all of chapter 1. Habakkuk comes back with another complaint. But then listen to what God encourages Habakkuk to do in chapter 2. The second response from the Lord. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. I'm reading out of the NIV. In Ben Vey's uh, paraphrase, you could say, write down the vision, the revelation, and make it plain on paper, <laughs> on the computer, on postcards, or on billboards, or whatever the case might be. Write down the vision so that those Whoever would read it may run with it. Habakkuk was encouraged to write it down, write down the vision, to make it clear, to make it plain, so that those that would run with it, that would hear it, or they would read it, that they could run with it. Now, what's interesting is, is as we've kind of talked about this as a uh, staff and as, a, as our board and we've kind of, as a team, We've understood that the fact is, is that we don't create a vision to make us feel good or to, to put a, a vision in place so that we are motivated as a board or as staff or as the pastor. <coughs> Excuse me. We need to write it down so that others, those that are serving alongside of us, those in the community, when they read it, that it would be understood and that they would be able to run with it. Now, the process uh, of, of this it talks, is basically part of the strategic plan. 
And with that, there were four principles that kind of guided us. I want to go through these quickly, and just so you have an understanding of where our hearts were. We wanted, first of all, if you want to take notes, you can. We wanted, first of all, to plan with God's wisdom. We wanted to plan with God's wisdom. We wanted to be meeting with God and then be obedient to what he was saying. Psalm 90, verse 12 says, it, it, te- it says, teach them to number their days so that they may gain the heart of wisdom. So we understood that we need to be, understand where we are to know our days that are ahead of us and to be asking God for revelation. Proverbs 1 verse 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so we wanted to be coming to God saying, God, we want to hear from you. We hear from God through scripture. We hear God through Holy Spirit thoughts that we are, we are, we are praying for. And then, of course, Proverbs 13 verse 20, we heard God through the counsel of others, through those bouncing ideas. Uh, Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with the wise men will be wise. And so we wanted to be planning with God's wisdom. The second thing is we wanted to be planning with complete trust in God. Complete trust in God. Before we were married, Jessica bought me a Bible, a little travel Bible. And in the, in the uh, opening, she wrote me a little note. Um, and uh, this was before we were married. But she wrote in there, Proverbs uh, 3, 5, 6, and 7. You may know it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He'll make your path straight, right? We wanted to put our complete trust in God in this process. The third thing, we wanted to plan with prayer, then action. We didn't want to just get busy and just go without saying, God, we're going to pray first. And there are many, many examples in Scripture, uh, especially once Jesus ascended to heaven, the disciples were a great model. Uh, Peter and John, they, they, they would pray before they moved. Paul would listen for the Holy Spirit and listen for direction. Once he got that confirmation, then he would move and move forward with power. And then with the fourth thing is in this process, we were planning with balance. Understanding that we could plan, we can write things down, but ultimately God is directing this ship, this body of believers. And, uh, and we say, well, why is that? Why do we want God at the helm? Well, it's pretty self-explanatory, but listen to what Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, it, it talks about the fact that, that we can, that God will do even more than we could imagine or think. And that's the kind of God we serve. And we want him at the helm. And we want to say, God, we will plan. We will do the work. But God, you are in control. And when he's in control, he can blow us out of the water. He can do things that our minds can't even imagine. And so that's what we had been praying and asking God for. Well, there were some criteria for creating vision that, were, that was important to us. And I want to share this quickly and uh, um, hopefully take just a minute here. It kind of that had guided us in the process. A vision needed to be future casting, providing a picture of what the church will look like in three to five years. Future casting. It needed to be audacious, that it was a dream beyond what we thought was possible. 
It needed to be motivating in the fact that it clarifies the direction in which the church should move. It needed to be purpose-driven, giving the congregation a larger sense of purpose, saying, hey, that thou want to be some, part of something like that. It needed to be inspiring, having language that inspires and engages people. Our vision is a sense of uh, uh, that this is the right thing for the right time at the right place at right now. It motivates faith, not fear. It, was motivate, um, it would motivate us to action. It would require faith to be fulfilled. And uh, God, it would glorify God, not people. And then lastly, what, the thing that we were praying for is that it would connect us to the heart of God. And I say all that to kind of uh, preface um, sharing with you uh, a kind of a work in progress. What I believe God, we are working on, and by, uh, by our annual business meeting, which is the first Sunday in March, that we would have this solidified, and uh, our mission would be, would be tailored, and our vision would come together, our core values. And, and now we've looked at this uh, as a staff, Pastor Mark and I, and our wives, we've, uh, we've studied this and talked about it and critiqued it. We've, looked, we've shot it back and forth to the board, and, and uh, they've shot back. I've asked them to include their wives in on this. And, uh, and I'll just say, uh, I had some butterflies before church this morning, and, uh, and, I, and sometimes that happens just because uh, I don't eat on Sunday morning. This morning I ate, and uh, I still had these butterflies because I'm about to show you uh, a work that is pretty, pretty uh, passionate to me. Now, I don't think that it's necessarily perfect. Uh, in fact, I, don't, I think that it's a work in progress. But I want to share with you what we've been working on, what our vision is, kind of where we're headed. I'm not saying that this is the final document, but let's go ahead and put it there. Our vision, and we'll kind of go through this piece by piece, is to become a healthy, multiplying church known for making an impact in our community and in our world. Let's just say that together, all right? Our vision is to become a healthy, multiplying church known for making an impact in our community and in our world. Now, I want to kind of break this down because uh, I want to kind of explain it. When it says we want to become, it kind of states the obvious, that we are, first of all, we're not there yet. We haven't arrived but we are heading there, and we will get there. But to become, when we talk about being healthy, I want you to think of four areas of health. I want you to think of emotional health, financial health, physical health, and spiritual health. I believe that a body of believers working together, that we can help each other be healthy in these four areas. Emotionally, that there can be healing and hope and help in every buddy's situation. Financially, that we would help each other be good stewards, to be responsible with the get work or with the money that God gives us, to come alongside and to encourage. One of the things that we're doing this year, like you saw with, the, uh, uh, with our Bible study on Wednesday nights, that is going to be a great opportunity for us to be able to look at some stories uh, where God provided and there was a supernatural um, uh, some supernatural things that happen financially. The third thing is healthy physically. 
You say, well, boy, is that the church's responsibility to help each other be physically healthy? Well, I think it is. When you think about some of the things that, that, are, that come against us uh, physically, whether it's just the way we eat or whether it's an addiction or smoking or, or uh, other habits, we want to be physically healthy. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, aren't we? And God wants us to be healthy. And so, so not only emotionally, financially, physically, but then also spiritually. We want to be challenging each other to be in God's Word and to be full of prayer and to be, ask, to be asking the Holy Spirit to be directing our lives individually. And when you put those together, the, that health, I believe that's really transformational living. Transformation from the inside out that God does a work in our hearts and in our lives. And so we want to, to become healthy. Are we there? I think we're on our way. I don't believe we've arrived yet. But we want to become a healthy, multiplying church. When we talk about multiplying, we're talking about growth that we are asking God for, believing God for, planning for, strategizing for, asking God to continue to be adding to our numbers. I don't know who, which one of you guys came in last, but my guess is, is that this morning our parking lot was probably to maximum capacity. Our seating, we could add a few more people here. But you know what? I don't believe that this is all that God would have for us. I believe that God wants us to multiply. What that looks like, in my mind, in, it, in our minds, is that we, at some point, Lord willing, we'll go. We'll have to have two services. We'll have to get that shuttle um, going back and forth, even on Sundays, just to provide room for more cars when the snow's flying, when we can't park on the grass. And then ultimately, I believe, when we talk about a multiplying church, I believe that we will grow to a point where it will make sense to have different locations, where we will be a church-planting church. And I understand when we say that, that could be scary. You say, what in the world would that look like? And that's scary for me to even say. But I believe God has burned that in my heart. And I cannot get away from the fact that I believe that God wants us to be multiplying. I talked last week about that verse in John chapter 15, where God, uh, where Jesus is saying, I am the vine, you are the branches, and whoever remains in me will bear fruit. And when you think of any kind of fruit, a fruit does not just replace itself. It multiplies. One apple seed can create an entire tree. And I believe that in the, within the body of Christ, and when we consider where God has placed us here on the lakeshore, there's going to be a point where it will make sense to have locations, different churches, the Gateway Church planted, multiplied. And to me, that's an exciting thing to be thinking of. So we want to become a healthy, multiplying church. And then I put in there, we put in there, we want to be known for making an impact. Now before you, um, what this does not mean, we do not want to have a sense of, of false pride or even an unhealthy pride. 
Proverbs 27.1 says, do not boast about tomorrow. We don't want to boast. We don't want to be prideful. We don't want to be presumptuous. But we do want to make an impact. We want to make a difference, not only here in our community, but across the globe. And we want to make a difference in our world. And what that looks like is that when we are... that we would be able to work together to the point where people would know the Gateway Church, oh, that's the church that you can go to and you can get help with your finances or help with your, uh, you know, with, with uh, hospitality or um, with benevolence. Or that's a place where, boy, they'll pray for you and they will, they will take, their, take your, our needs seriously. That's a place where I can grow, where my kids can feel comfortable and, and grow and, and, and be in a good uh, environment where, they are, where they're growing spiritually. And that's a place where they're going to challenge me to monitor my body and my habits and, and the, not just uh, allow me to see whatever I want to see or be able to inhale whatever I want to inhale or whatever the case might be, but that we'd be known in our community. One of the things that uh, some uh, uh, consultants, uh, church consultants will do, and we've not done this here, but I've heard this on many occasions, is that church consultants will come to a church to help a church in this, in this process. And what they'll do is they will go on, in the marketplace, go down to the mall, go down to the pier, go down wherever, and say, hey, have you heard about the Gateway Church? to see what people know about a particular body of believers. And I believe that as we are focused and as we continue to plan, as we continue to grow, as we continue to see transformed lives, as, as, as families become healthy and, and kids are healthy and, and um, husbands and wives are healthy, I believe that we are going to be known for making an impact reaching out. What we did a couple weeks ago, a week and a half ago, those types of events will continue to happen. In a, in a few weeks ahead, we're going to lay out our next outreach with the Gleaners truck in February. I think it's February 26th. Um, you can write it down. February 26th, we're going to ask every family, every, every uh, attender to take the day off work, take the morning off work, we're going to ask you to take your kids out of school and we're going to serve together and feed the hungry. And it's going to be incredible. And, and it, people are going to know. We're going to work together. And those types of things are going to continue to happen. And I believe as we do that, that it's not only going to bind us closer together, I believe that service uh, component is the glue that, that holds relationships together. Boy, you serve with someone, you hand out toilet paper together or, or, uh, or uh, uh, hygiene products, you know, you, through, go, they go through. you do that with, with people and there's a, there's a relationship that, that is made, a strong bond. I've been challenged by a family that is new to our, to our church as they reflect on years ago a relationship that they had and the bond that they had within a church body. And it, my mouth just starts to drool and say, man, we need that right here. That there would be a bonds that would be made 
lifetime friendships, lifetime relationships, people working together, making an impact, known for making an impact in our community. And then, of course, if you've been around the Gateway Church more than a month, you know that we, we love missions, local missions, but also abroad. And the flags that are flying on our walls and uh, the missions board. And I want to encourage you, there, we've updated that, that board and uh, you can read some of the reports of some of the missionaries that we're supporting. We believe that a strong church is a missions church. And we want to continue to be making an impact um, not only here on the lakeshore in our community, but stateside and even across the seas into, to, to the ends of the earth. I believe that's God's plan for any body of believers to go and make disciples, teaching them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's our vision, to become a healthy, multiplying church known for making an impact in our community, in our world. I would love your feedback. For those of you, you can get to our website, go online, Google the Gateway Church, and you can find us. There's a comment section, a prayer section. You can just, uh, I would love to know how this hits you, how this inspires you. Does it inspire? Is it those things? Is it future casting? Is it audacious? Is it motivating? Is it purpose-driven? And because we're tailoring this, and uh, even on the way to church this morning, talking with Jessica and uh, saying, hey, you know, I, you know, this may not be final, and we're open, and we want to have your feedback. We want you on board. We want you to understand when you come to the Gateway Church, this is what we are about. And then on the flip side, for this morning, as I've been thinking about sharing this, I want to challenge us individually to consider the mission and the vision, to look at this vision statement and to critique your own life for a moment. Are you healthy emotionally, financially, spiritually, physically? Are you multiplying in the sense that you are growing as an individual? Or are you in a rut? Are you stuck? Are you known? What are you known for? What's your life? When someone says, hey, do you know so-and-so, do you know, what, what could you tell me about this student or that student? What do you, you know, forgive me, uh, Trevor there, but uh, Trevor, at Spring Lake High School, what are you known for, brother? What are you known for? Totally didn't mean to do that. I thought you were with me. And then I called him out, and then he was totally praying in the spirit, I know. <laughs> but seriously, what are you known for <laughs> in our community where you are? <laughs> I'm going to pay for that, I know. <laughs> Forgive me. And now we know what he's known for. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not what he's known for. That's exactly, you're very true. That's right. Thanks, Rich. 
but to consider, you know, where, how does your life line up with where we are headed as a body of believers? Because I believe that God desires these things for all of us. It's straight from God's word. And I want it to be motivating each of us, not just to understand it and to, to sit and to be, okay, that's, that's good, this is the direction, but it would motivate us to action. And I want us to consider just for a moment in our own lives, what would the next step be for you to be healthy in 2010? Healthy emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually. What would it be? In some of you, it comes, I mean, right to the top. You know, boy, I need to, I need to address this. I need to cut this out, or I need to, um, I need to focus more here, or boy, I need to be in God's word, or I need to pray more. But what is that next step for you to be healthy? What is the next step for you to be multiplying, where you are growing and not in a rut? I've been there before where I felt stuck just doing the same thing over and over. And that, that can be uh, a, a bad place to be. But what is it in your life where you could be multiplying your effectiveness, your service? Where, what's the next step for you to be, to be known for making an impact, making a difference, seeing people's lives transformed, where you work, where you live, in your family. And uh, I just want to challenge us this morning to consider that. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Thank you, Lord. God, I, I just ask at this moment, Lord, that you would reveal your plan. Begin to unfold your plan for each one. Lord, I ask that we would not be people that do the same thing over and over, expecting different results. But Lord, that we would be able to spend time with you to know your will, to know what's next. And God, I pray that you give us great boldness, great passion for what you call us to do. Great faith. God, a vision will promote faith, not fear. God, we do not want to be fearful, but Lord, we do want to know what your plans are for us. Hallelujah. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, the Bible is very clear about his desire, Jesus' desire, for you to have a personal relationship with Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior this morning, or if you are away from God, I believe that your next step is to submit your life to Jesus. Salvation. Asking Jesus to be the center of your heart. Asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. This morning, if you're away from the Lord, or 
you need, or maybe you've never accepted Jesus, I want you just to slip your hand forward or up if you are interested in saying yes to Jesus this year. Who this morning would Jesus be drawing? Just slip up your hand so I can see it. Who this morning needs to get their heart right with the Lord? Who's away from God? Wait one more moment. Who else? Or who at all this morning? Would lift up your hand. Say, man, I need to get my heart right with God. Students, kids, parents, adults. Okay. All right, as far as I saw, there were no hands raised. I'd like your attention here, your eyes on me just for a moment. This morning, as we, I've shared from my heart where I believe God is taking us as a body of believers, as a church. Where does the vision challenge you the most? Is it about being healthy? Maybe you've just been cruising through life and not spending time in God's Word or spending time with in prayer. Maybe you've been making up your own plans but not asking the Holy Spirit to lead and guide. Is it that you would be healthy emotionally and maybe you want to address maybe the depression that you have felt or that you experience saying, you know, I want God to do something different in my heart and my life. Or maybe emotionally, maybe there's some bitterness that has has, uh, been in your heart and in your life. What about financially? Dave Billard works with families in our church and, and in our community. And bless his heart. He's, he hears the, the best and the worst, don't you? And we have hurting families, even here, that are struggling. And what's interesting is I know that as many of that have come forward asking for help, we know there's others. And we need to be living according to God's word financially. And uh, and Dave, thanks for your work. And and, uh, I encouraged Dave a couple weeks ago. I said, you know, with the the needs, I said, hey, we need to get to it. And Dave, you have. You've been working hard and a lot of hours. And uh, and I appreciate that. But we need to do that. How about physically? Are there habits? Are there things that you do? Are there things you allow your your kids to experience that will hurt them physically. Where is God challenging you? And then what is the next step for you? And I just believe that as we spend some time in the, in the presence of God, that the Holy Spirit can work in each of our hearts, in each of our lives, giving us 
the next step? What is it for your family? What is it for your life? Where do you need to be obedient? Students, young people, old people, tall people, short people. Where, what is God saying to you? I want to turn this place into a place of prayer for the next few moments. And Dale, you can lead us. But let's contemplate just for a moment. What is the next step for us personally? What would God be saying to us individually this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Just sick in need of God alone. People, we must seek His face. If we turn from our unrighteousness, He'll forgive our evil ways. May the eyes of God be. Lord, revive us by your grace. Holy Spirit, be forever near. Saturate us in this place and let your glory and honor fall on. an impression in your heart what that next step might be. I want you just to stand right where you are. What is it to be healthy, to be multiplying, to make an impact? What is it that God is speaking to your heart? And if he's impressed something in your heart, I just want you to stand right where you are. We're going to just uh, pray and ask God to give us the boldness to do what God has called us to do. So. Just stand right where you are. If the Holy Spirit has been impressing something in your heart specifically. Yeah, absolutely. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Hallelujah, God. God, speak to our hearts now. Oh, God, I pray. Holy Spirit, what's that next step, Lord? Lord, what is it that you would have me to do this year that's different than before? Holy Spirit, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Rest. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking, God. Oh, God, I pray. I pray, God, Lord, that you would speak, and God, that we would listen, and God, that you would give us the boldness to be obedient, to be listening, to follow your ways, God. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus. Let's stand, all of us, across this place. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise your name. I want to say thanks for being here this morning. Worship team, if you would continue just to play just for a few moments after we pray our prayer of benediction. I want to give opportunity for anyone that would need prayer uh, to, to come forward. We can anoint you with oil, anything specific, um, if you have a need. But I just want to challenge you to be considering, God, what is it? What's the next step for me? As we're doing that corporately as a body of believers, what is God saying to you specifically about your family, about your business, about your situation? Hallelujah. God, go before us and behind us. Go all around us, God. We need you. Be leading and guiding us for your glory and for your honor. Jesus, have your way in our lives, individually and corporately, God. And God, I pray that you would fulfill your heart for this body of believers supernaturally. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Go in the grace of God. If you need prayer, the prayer requests that we had, you can just leave where you are, or if you want to pile them up on the back, that'd be fine. If you need prayer this morning, uh, come, and we would love to pray with you before you head out. Hallelujah.